Hello, Sportsbox fans. Thank you for joining me here on Sportsbox. I'm your host, Jude, as always. And let's get right into it. Yesterday's slate of NBA games was probably the most entertaining NBA playoff games we've seen uh, this year. Um, there were only two games, but the two games alone were entertaining than a lot of the other games we've seen. Now, both series uh, between the Clippers and the Jazz and the Hawks and 76ers, both have been very, very entertaining series. And in fact, both these series going into yesterday were at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, So obviously, we all know that Game 5 is a very, very pivotal game when it comes to the NBA playoffs. Because statistics show that you win Game 5, there's a good chance you're going to win the series. But let's get into the first game. And I, I think this was the better game of the two. But I do want to really talk about this game because it, there were, were a lot of interesting things that happened. Now, first of all, the Atlanta Hawks, right? Now, there were a lot of wrongs that happened in this game. But I do have to give praise before we get into the negative. Because the Atlanta Hawks, um, before the series, I did pick them to win in six. But the Atlanta Hawks have impressed me even. Even though I picked them, I did not think they'd be here. I didn't think they would be up 3-2 now um, against the Philadelphia 76ers. But what was most impressive about the Hawks was Trey Young. Now, Trey Young this season has been getting a lot of, a lot of slander. I mean, slander left and right for his play style. And, I mean, it's respectable that people don't like his play style. You know, his way of drawing fouls is a little cheesy, some might say. But overall, he's, you know, playing the game at his own way. If you can't stop it, you're going to have to find a way to stop it, right? But I do think there is a time where we have to give Trey Young his respect, right? I could bash the 76ers all I want, right? Because the 76ers had an awful second half. But Trey Young deserves a lot of the praise. First, he had his career high in, in the postseason with 39 points to go along with seven assists and three steals. But this is the only game Trey Young has been amazing. I mean, Trey Young this whole postseason has been phenomenal. I mean, if you go back to the first round when they played New York, he was nothing short of amazing. And truly, he, he kind of lived up to that villain-esque, you know, type of persona against the Knicks because everyone wanted the Knicks, right? Everyone was like, oh, the Knicks made it back into the playoffs since 2012. Let's go Knicks, right? And I was sort of on that, but I did kind of want to see that villainous, you know, Trey Young, you know, beat the Knicks. And he did and, and in, in a great fashion. I mean, they beat him pretty bad and Trey Young had a hell of a series, but... What I'm trying to get across is Trey Young deserves a lot of respect because I don't think that he's getting the respect that he deserves. People recognize Trey Young and say, oh, yeah, he's good. But no, Trey Young is great. <laughs> okay, Trey Young is great. And the people who are like, oh, well, you know, he plays a very bad way of playing basketball, just don't watch the games. I mean, I'm going to be honest, you don't watch the games. Because there's, there's a lot more Trey Young does than just draw those cheesy fouls, if you want to call them. But it wasn't just Trey Young last night. It was John Collins, Danilo Gallinari, Lou Williams. All three guys showed up. John Collins shot 7 for 12 from the field, had 19 points. The role players are showing up for this team. And they need them. Right? They lost DeAndre Hunter, which was a big, big loss. You know, DeAndre Hunter might not be a guy where you're like, damn, he's, he's a superstar. But DeAndre Hunter is one of those more underrated players who is a big impact player. He could shoot the ball well. He's very good at rebounding. He, he, he's not a flashy player, but he's great. So it was obviously kind of a... It, it hurt at first for the Hawks to not have DeAndre Hunter, but now they've kind of rebounded. You know, John Collins has showed up this series a lot. Kevin Werther, he didn't have a great game. In fact, he didn't even score a point. But overall, he's been great this series. 
Lou Williams, Danella Gallinari, two guys off the bench who have really impressed, you know, off the Hawks bench. So the, the Hawks have shown up in a pivotal game like game five. They needed these role players to show up. And obviously they have their star, Trey Young, who had 39 points. I just want to mention it again, shot 43% from the field. He had an excellent game. But there is one problem with the Hawks, and they are going to have to address it. And there is a bit of a foul issue. Now, they had two players with three fouls and another two players with two fouls at halftime. And I, and I get it that, that there's this whole thing, foul Ben Simmons, so he just shoots free throws. I don't get why they were doing that so early. Like, I understand that Nate McMillan is a smart coach, but to me, it's like, why are you fouling so early? Look, I get it. Ben Simmons can't shoot to save his life. I'm about to talk about that in a second, but you're fouling so early and it's the second quarter, right? I mean, I, I, like, like I said, I'd understand fourth quarter, three minutes left. Yes, you foul a guy who cannot shoot to save his life, but the second quarter, and it was also the fact that they were down 26. So I don't think that this strategy of fouling early is going to work in game six. But I, I do, the philosophy's right when it's implemented in the game isn't right. But I, I think the Hawks will rebound. Obviously, they, they came out with a win, so obviously something worked. But I'm not here just to talk about the Hawks. Look, I, I'm going to praise the Hawks as much. And, and the matter of fact is, we'll get into this, but the Hawks only led for one minute and 26 seconds. One minute and 26 seconds, a team led four. If, if you told anybody, do you think a team that led for one man 26 seconds won the game? I'm saying 95%, 99% would say no. They would say no. So that is what is so crazy about this game. Now, Philadelphia, obviously they lost this game, but they didn't just lose this game, right? They, they did not just lose this game. I, I, to be honest, I don't know where to start, and we'll start with the most obvious. The Sixers blew a 26-point lead. Okay, they blew a 26-point lead at home. So you blow a 26-point lead. Yes, that's terrible. But you blow it at your own arena. How do you do that? <laughs> I need to know. I, I, I am so curious how you blow a 26-point lead at home. Not that it's any more understandable on the road, but at home... Your home crowd, stadiums are full now, right? Everyone's out. And you blow a 26-point lead. Julius Irvin, Allen Iverson were in the stands last night. You blow a 26-point lead in front of two of the greatest 76ers of all time? Unbelievable. Un I'm speechless. I don't know how Doc Rivers allows this to happen year after year. Whether it be with single game leads or a whole series. So like I said, that's the obvious, right? They blew a 26-point lead. But you look further into this game and you say, well, there's a lot more wrong than just buying a 26-point lead. First of all, with 3 minutes and 29 seconds left in the fourth quarter, the 76ers had a 95% chance to win this game, according to ESPN. A 95% chance with three minutes and 29 seconds left. How? 
I, I just have to ask how. Because there is no answer. It's a rhetorical question. There is no answer that you lose this game. The fact that they even got in that situation is absurd. But it was the Hawks. It was the Hawks. I mean, Trey Young is that good. They scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. The Hawks, they scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. Look, I'm not saying the Hawks are finals, you know, they're, they're, they're going on a runs for the finals. But this team's going to be good in the future. There are a lot of young players. I mean, it's a young team. Kevin Wurtzer, John Collins, Clint Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Lou Williams, Danilo Gallinari. I know they're both kind of older players, but they're still great role players. Cam Reddish is out. DeAndre Hunter's out. They're not even playing this series. I know Cam Reddish isn't great, but my point is there's a lot of young talent on this team. Yeah, they're not going to win it this year, but they're one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. So there's one last thing that I took away from this game. And I think we all know what we're talking about. Ben Simmons. <laughs> oh, Ben Simmons. See, I could make a podcast alone on Ben Simmons. Right? I could make a podcast alone. But I would, that, that wouldn't be fair. That'd be, that, that wouldn't be fair. First, he shot 4 for 14 from the free throw line. 4 for 14. Ben Simmons has been in the league for quite a bit now. He's been in the league for a little bit of time now. I don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand how someone could be so horrific at shooting. And don't give me this, well, he's sort of developed. He's been in the league since 2016, and you're telling me he hasn't been able to find some sort of jump shot. Some sort of jump shot. But it gets worse. He only attempted four shots this game. Four shots. He's being paid $30 million to shoot four shots. And what I keep saying is the most pivotal game in a series, game five. And you shoot four shots. I don't care how bad you might be at shooting. You have to shoot the ball. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I, I don't understand how they could keep playing this man. I get it, you're paying him $30 million, but I trust Matisse Thibel to shoot the ball better. And Matisse Thibel can't even shoot the ball. I, 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 it, it's hard to comprehend because he's been in the league for. Five years now, and he hasn't developed a shot. And they keep saying, "Well, until he, when, once he develops a shot, he's an all, he's a star." Well, I'm I'm here to break you the news. He's not going to develop a shot. He's not. If you've been in the league for five years now and you have not been able to shoot the ball, you're never going to be able to shoot the ball. I'm sorry. It doesn't just come overnight. And an offseason alone won't fix it. (laughs) 
but it gets worse. <laughs> okay, it, I, I, I understand you seem, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's bad. But how could it get worse? How could it get worse? The three guys that are supposed to be the big three of Philadelphia, Joel Embiid, who still had 39 points, Tobias Harris, and Ben Simmons, the supposed stars of the Philadelphia 76ers, shot a whopping one for 15 in the fourth quarter. You want to know a crazier thing? Joel Embiid and Seth Curry were the only players in the second half to score a field goal. But you shot one, a combined total of one for 15 in the fourth quarter. This team can't close games. They can't. And I get it, Joel Embiid is sort of hurt. But at this point, if you're not making excuses, you better go out there and play. And, and, and the thing that is just so mind-boggling, and I don't know how it could get worse, is Ben Simmons hasn't attempted a shot in the fourth quarter of Game 4 and Game 5. He hasn't attempted a single shot in the past two games, in the fourth quarter. How? How? That's all I got to say. Look, I don't care what happens with the 76ers. They could win this series. They're going to have to do some thinking this offseason. They're going to have to do some thinking because I, I don't know how you can move on with this team. The way it's built right now, I, I don't know how you can move on. Seth Curry had 36 points, makes $7 million a year. He's your second best player on the team. He's the second best player on this team. Hate to break it to you. So I know I, know I really went into the, the, the Philly team, but I do think, I, I, look, I've been watching this series religiously and I, I think I finally needed to talk on it because I don't know how you can do this so the next game obviously uh, it, it was more of a closer game we have the Jazz versus Clippers and this has been another one of those great series Donovan Mitchell has been a beast I think he's had six straight games with 30 points he's been absolutely amazing and I and I'm going to come out with a podcast sooner or later and I know I talked about Trey Young earlier about my future faces of the league guys like that and those two will definitely be on the list without a doubt but playoff P, he's here. He's here. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I can't say that I was rooting for the Clippers. You know, I, I want to see, obviously, as a Lakers fan, you never want to see the Clippers succeed. But, you know, it, you like to see a player prove people wrong. You know, you, you love to see a player people, prove people wrong. And that's exactly what Paul George did. 37 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists. In another pivotal game 5. <laughs> In another pivotal game 5. You know... The Clippers, and they're without Kawhi. And so that was the big question coming into yesterday. It was, well, Kawhi's out. And from what I'm hearing is he could be out for a lot longer than people think. But at least this series, it's very up in the air if Kawhi will return this series. But they did this without Kawhi in Utah. Look, you, you might think Utah, that's probably not a tough stadium to play in. And I've never been to, you know... The Utah Stadium, but from what I hear from players, it is one. It, it is a tough stadium to play in. I mean, they are loud and they that they're loud. So for Paul George to drop thirty seven in that type of atmosphere, you know that that's tough. I mean, that that's a great game by by Paul George. I mean, you, you can't lie. He played a phenomenal game, but it was really 
the role players. And I, and, and, and I think this goes with every team. It shows that your stars could be as good as they want, but you got to have role players. you got to have solid role players. And guys like Markeith Morris, Reggie Jackson, they've been great this series, and they showed up again tonight. Markeith had 24. Uh, sorry, Mar- Marquise, he had 24. Um, Reggie Jackson, he had 22. I mean, these guys, these role players are showing up for the Clippers. And, <laughs> you know, I have a good friend. He's, he, he doesn't really like Terrence Mann, but Terrence Mann threw it down on Rudy Gobert, and it was crazy, okay? It, it was truly crazy. It was a beautiful dunk. But I do think there's a little concern with the Jazz, and I know they're the number one seed, but I, the thing that I'm taking away from the Jazz is they rely so much on shooting, right? Going into that, we knew what the Jazz were made of, right? I mean, they, they were one of the best shooting teams that we have seen in a while, right? They could shoot the ball from three like no one. They are cra- like extremely good. But that's how they win. And it seems, well, it, you say, Jude, well, that's obvious. Yeah, it is obvious. But, you know, they always say in NBA basketball, and especially in the playoffs, the teams that, it, if you are shooting, if you're aligned on shooting threes, you're not going to win. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Jazz. As great as they could shoot the ball, you can't win every series by just shooting the three ball. Look, in the second half of this game, they shot 12% from three, 30% from the field. 12% from three. And the guys that were supposed to be hitting, like Jordan Clarkson, shot 0 for 6 on the field in the second half. And I just have to say, Jordan Clarkson has to be one of the more inconsistent players I've ever seen. And I'm going to keep saying it until he shows up. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a great player, and one-on-one, he's dangerous. But he can't do it over a stretch of game. Like, one game, he's insane. The next game, he drops, like, two points. So, there is a level of concern, I would say, that the Jazz have to to see. I mean, Mike Conley's not playing. We'll see if he plays game six. If I'm the Jazz, I don't know what his injury is. You're playing. You're playing. We need you. Because game six is the most important game for the Clippers. If they lose game six... It's going to be tough to win in Utah again. So the Clippers better treat this game six like it's game seven. Win or go home. But overall, I think, like I said, yesterday was probably one of the more exciting times for NBA basketball because we got to see a lot of a lot of great players um, show off their skills. I mean, Trey Young. Um, I know Donovan Mitchell struggled, but he still had a decent game. Paul George had a fantastic game. Seth Curry had a fantastic game. Joel Embiid, I know he shot terrible in the fourth quarter, still had 39 points, had a phenomenal game. There were a lot of players who showed up big time um, in two pivotal game fives. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. And I'm not really going to do always a debrief of every NBA game, but I just thought it was such a crazy packed uh, day that I, I thought I should share my thoughts. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jude, signing off.